How's that for an opening weekend of college football, ladies and gents? Five straight days, and we watched all five of them. You're listening to Pat's Interference, the best college football podcast on the market. I'm Patrick Brickman, joined by Patrick Norwood. That was one of the best opening weekends, or maybe not best, but most entertaining we I just think got to watch, I've ever seen. We got to watch a lot of football. We got to watch a lot of football. And and it it was, felt really good. It was good. good football, too. You're right. It wasn't, it maybe not the best quality football, but it was entertaining at least. But that's what's great about college football in and of itself. Yes. Because it's in the messiness where the fun lies. Hey, go ahead and tell me of an NFL week one that made you that excited. Ever. No, not Never like happened. That, no. Never happened. NFL's great, but it's too buttoned up. You don't get what we got this weekend no. in college football. No, you sure don't. You sure don't. Uh, howdy. This howdy. is a college football podcast brought to you by... Two of the best friends in the entire world. I'm Patrick Norwood, like you said. He's Patrick Brigman. We were in Tuscaloosa, our old stomping grounds. 18, 19 hours of driving, and every second of it was worth it to uh, go watch Alabama beat up on Utah State. Yeah, yeah, Utah State. We'll talk about that game in a minute. Not a whole lot to cover there. Probably won't spend too much time on it. But uh, it was fun. It was a fun time. It was good to take MC down there, show her around, get her a few yellow hammers. We hadn't been to a game together since college. No, in in, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I in Tuscaloosa. Say. Sure, 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 sure. Good to good to uh, good to see. You know that so much has changed, and yet not very much has changed at all. That's the perfect way to put it. I like it the is. way you said that. It was awesome to see uh, Tyler and Ashley as well. Their house, uh, the happy couple, not quite in Northport. Um, no, it was right by campus. But it was a good time. Tyler's come up. Can we talk about it? nobody D- on this podcast? Nobody really knows Tyler. N- nobody dunks hard. But he is our he's our dungeon master and and Dungeons and Dragons, which yep. we'll probably talk about in the off season yep. uh, when we're looking for topics. And he's a good friend, uh, ex roommate of yours, yep. and uh, his come up has been unreal. Yep. Congratulations again to he and Ashley on their engagement. Look forward to their wedding, April. 15th, I believe is the date. I'm glad you've got that memorized because I didn't know. I'll make sure you get down there somehow. All right. Hey, look, uh, great week of college football started on Thursday with the backyard brawl. It had been 11 years since these two teams played. Pitt held on for a victory 38-31, and buddy, it was a wild one. Yeah, we had a lot of fun watching that. We did. We did. Uh, I think we both had uh, West Virginia covering in this game. Um, we did, and they did. And I think I might have at one point said they were going to win straight up, and they were pretty close. They were pretty close. And uh, you know, they had uh, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton had 97 receiving yards. He also unfortunately had a terrible, terrible drop that ended up being a pick six uh, for the Pitt Panthers, and that was all that it took. Which Keaton. was just a great precursor to what we saw the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so... <laughs> You know, we'll talk about that after Clemson. I want to talk about Pitt, but we'll wait till after Clemson. Sure. Um, you going through Thursday, you had uh, Tennessee walloping Ball State. I don't think anybody really doubted that that was going to happen. But fifty nine ten, you had John Rice Plumley going off for UCF. Um, Penn State and Purdue, man, Purdue nearly hung on for a victory in Indiana. Just wasn't meant to be. I was surprised at how close that game was. And I know Penn State wasn't great last year, but I expected to see them be a little bit better this year just with, with what they had returning and and uh, you know, the quarterback um coming back under center, but Purdue hung in there. They were they were winning that game up until the very end. Sean Clifford was not very effective, especially after he got hurt. Drew Aller got to play a little bit, but um yeah, Penn State looks like they're back around seven and five type of team and then I thought they would be a lot better than I mean that. and just how how many years are we going to let James Franklin do this Penn State how many years are you going to let him be the same guy that he was as soon as he got to campus 
They always have that ten and two season that that's like remember he has kind of that Gus Malzahn going for him. We'll we'll have that random two ten and two year every three or four or so years, and it it always just kind of keeps his boat afloat long enough, and then it starts sinking, and then he'll have another good year. He'll beat Ohio State or Michigan State or you know uh, Michigan like that. Yeah, Wisconsin when Wisconsin, he's not supposed he'll, to. He'll yeah. get on a hot streak, and they'll be a playoff contender till about week ten. I just gotta imagine he's on the hot seat. There's, I don't even know if he's quite there yet. I just think, like, how many seven and five seasons can you have? I don't. I don't. Maybe I. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not seeing it. But I. I have not heard the resounding beats of the drum coming from State College, Pennsylvania, saying that we got to get rid of him. But I could be wrong. I'm sure there's a huge throng of fans that do want to see him go. Uh, yeah. No, I'm sure. I'm sure you've got Arizona State uh, beating Northern Arizona. Only reason I'm bringing it up is because that's where I'm going to my Masters. Forks up. Emory Jones, Florida transfer, 152 yards. Uh, uh, Valaday with 116 yards. I'm going to try it. Exazavian. I would go Zazavian, but... Zazavian, Maybe. Your guess is as good. As I, mine I, I should know, one. and I don't. Am I? I'm. 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 I'm embarrassed. That's your running back. I'm embarrassed. I because he had a great game too. I'm pretty sure he had 116 yards on like 12 or 13 carries. And he had some receptions. I was impressed when we were watching him. Yeah, yeah. It just just look out for him. Look out for it him. Might move the ball a little. Bit uh, this year. It might move the ball a little bit this year. Friday, uh, you and I were on the road. We didn't get to watch a lot of the games, but we had some good scores. Um, we had some exciting games. Michigan State's one we need to talk about a little bit. Not this game. Just them this season, because in our preseason preview, we really didn't go to East Lansing to talk about the Spartans. I don't have I don't have much to say about. I don't. I I guess I see that they're ranked fifteenth in the country. I wouldn't have put them that high preseason. Last year, they had such a weird year where it looked like every single time they were on the cusp of being great, they fell short. Yeah, and I just I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention preseason, but I didn't see a lot about them. So I'm interested to see. Well, where so they much go of that team here. was Kenneth Walker, and he's gone. Uh, that's true. I mean, he he carried. The, they had the big wins. Um, I, didn't they beat? Were they the team that beat Michigan? Uh, I believe during so. The season. And, I believe and, so. And he he went for two hundred something, and um, I, I don't see it without him. But Michigan State we'll with a very favorable, a very favorable schedule till Halloween weekend. They go to Michigan, but before that, they get Wisconsin at home. They get Ohio State, but that game's at home. They go to Maryland, Minnesota at home. They've got uh, they go to Seattle and they play Akron and then after Michigan you've got Illinois Rutgers Indiana Penn State um, nothing to turn your nose up at by any means but I mean I I think they should kind of skate through the last part of that schedule if you can get through the gauntlet of Ohio State Wisconsin Michigan with only losing one you're talking about playoff contention I see them losing all three of those games though they very well could. Very well could. Uh, either way, big win for them against Western Michigan, 35-13. Peyton Thorne with 233 yards in that one. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stop off here, okay? And, yeah, there were other great games on Friday. You had Illinois and Indiana in a, a thriller. Uh, the Ill- or Indiana won, excuse me. You had TCU in Colorado in a beatdown for the Horned Frogs. Virginia Tech and ODU. Now that's a hot seat. I mean, they just hired them. Yeah, that's already a hot seat. Beamer Ball's dead. It can't be a hot... They just hired him. I know. I just... I have seen a lot more people very unhappy with him in, in the way that they're off-season it's, it's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Um, to lose to ODU... I mean, I remember there was a time they refused to play ODU. Much less do a home and home and home and home and home and home and home. Because they're... 
their second time losing to ODU? In the last three years, yes. Yeah. They lost them in 2020. Woof. And you just can't lose to that program twice. They're a brand new FBS program, and you've lost to them twice now. And I don't really give a damn if you just lost your coach. I don't care if you lost most of your team to transfers. You cannot lose to this team. Well, sometimes losing your coach is like, isn't one of those supposed to be addition by subtraction things? They were supposed to be better this year, at least from what I was told. You would think, but I just, I don't know, man. I was kidding about the hot seat, obviously, but it's, it's just, it's a very bleak outlook for Virginia Tech right now. And I don't know where it turns around. Like, I don't know the, oh, well, at least we pulled the handbrake there and started riding the ship. Because that, this should have been that game. Virginia Tech, and it's one, they're they're one of those, there's a lot of teams that uh, this year, uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia, um, I would maybe put North Carolina into that territory, but they might squarely be out because of the merit of their basketball team. But there, a lot of teams are sort of on a audition uh, to mm. try to get invited to the SEC. Wow. And they're not, the, I mean, other team trying to get to the Big yeah, Ten, yeah. you know? Sure. There are a lot of teams wanting to get out of the conference they're currently in, pretty much in the ACC and Pac-12, they're sort of putting themselves on audition. So if Virginia Tech's arrow was pointing down and not up, it makes them a lot less attractive of an immediate candidate to get to the SEC as all these schools are going to eventually be popping around again because we're not done. A lot, I know a yeah. lot of people think it's done. It's not done. Well, and so you imagine what you could have this weekend in Blacksburg with Boston College coming into town for a night game. If they win the Old Dominion game, you've got a new coach. It's a new regime. Hey, we beat Old Dominion. You know, you could finally have Sandman in Blacksburg being what it was pre-2020. An exciting place to play, loud student section. Like I said, Sandman's going off. You could really have tried to write the ship with a lot of good momentum, especially since you should be Wofford, but now I'm not sure. And then you play West Virginia. Those could be some really fun games. Now you're looking at that and you're like, oh, God. I oh, hope no, you, we don't you need lose to be. To you need to be two and one heading into uh, West Virginia. I just it, don't see that happening for the Hokies. They need. They need to, as as much as a coach needs a win in the second game. That's as much as you can it's need a win bad. in the second game. It's just bad. It's ugly. Let's move on. Uh, Duke beating Temple thirty to nothing. No one saw that coming, but there's no really reason to talk about it. Uh, Saturday morning, we woke up bright and early. Had a great breakfast with Rob Norwood, my brother, who let me know about. 14 hours before that that he was going to be in Tuscaloosa about par for the course good to see him yeah good to see him always good to see him uh we had a ton of really fun games some really weird ones that I want to go over uh A&M won 31 nothing over Sam Houston State but they got going really really slow in the process they got going really slow there was a weird weather delay and I know all that and by halftime it was 17 nothing and I know Sam Houston I mean Sam Houston's the returning the defending fcs champs sure okay they had won what was it like 23 of their last 25 games sure i get it i get all of that you still need to blow the lid off this team if you're going to talk as much talk as you talked in the offseason number 16 if you're going to be right ranked preseason as high as you are you have to haynes king 20 for 31 364 yards three touchdowns all sounds great till you look down and he threw two picks now, Texas A&M's defense was awesome. I mean, they smothered anything Sam Houston State tried to throw their way. Sam Houston State uh, didn't even eclipse 200 yards in the game. Um, but you you look at it and you're like, okay, I, you keep looking up at the scoreboard 
And A&M's just not really getting the gears going. And you see that now. They've slipped a couple spots in the AP poll this week. And I'm just interested to see what happens with A&M and App State. But we'll look at that here in a bit when we do next week's preview. Uh, no particular order. Um, Georgia beat the daylights out of Oregon. You and I saw that one coming from a mile away, I think. I did. I actually didn't think it was going to get as bad as it did. Um, the spread was 17. I think I said 24. Um, uh, so 49-3 was shocking. It was shocking just how inept Oregon was on offense. I, I think this game was a great combination of we didn't think Georgia was this good, which is scary, mm-hmm. and we thought Oregon was going to be way better. I thought Oregon's defense was going to put up a much better showing against Georgia's offense. Right. So it was a bad combination of, oh, they're better. Georgia, being they, mm-hmm. are better than we thought, and, oh, Oregon's actually a very bad football nowhere, team. Nowhere near where we thought they'd be right. as far as right. contenders are concerned. And here's the thing is Oregon's offense, yeah, we're going to make fun of Bo Nix, and he was terrible, but Ty Thompson isn't better. He's not no. a better quarterback. Everything no. I've heard about Ty Thompson since he got there on campus was that he was a disappointment. He was disappointing. And that's why they went and hit the transfer portal and accepted uh, an essential meme yeah. in Bo Nix. We've got uh, the next game I want to talk about, because um, we're going to go back to the afternoon games, um, North Carolina and App State. Just a heartbreaker for App State. Fantastic game. Multiple opportunities to go for it. App State hung up a 40 spot, there I believe. 60 combined points scored in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. North Carolina defensive coordinator Gene Chizik, hot seat. Is he still there? Yes. I had no idea he was still yes. there. He's still there. Uh, hot seat. Yeah, a thousand percent. Zach Brown. You put hot sixty-one seat. points at App State. Look, I know, I know. In Tar Heel country, you've wanted to talk about Drake May. You want to talk about Drake May. You want to hear us talk about Drake May. Sure, twenty-four for thirty-five for three hundred fifty-two and four TDs is pretty good. Uh, you know what's better? 25 for 36 for 361, six touchdowns and a pick. All right. Chase Bryce outplayed Drake May this game. He absolutely did. He outgunned him. Am I wrong in saying that? Am I out of step? Stats-wise, no, you're not You're not wrong. Um, I don't see anything to, to make me think that Drake May played poorly. Actually, it looks like he had a really good game. It's just, it's it's so frustrating to look at people saying, you know, Oh my gosh, this is what football should be. Look at how great this game is. Are there people saying that about that game? Yes. Yikes. In this area, yes. Oh, well, but you look the at it. fun they've had watching a football game in 10 years. This is an ugly game. Nobody played defense. No, if they're happy. I mean, North Carolina should be embarrassed by that. Yes. You were up 41 to what? 41-21 at the end of the third, and you nearly lost to a G5 school in your state. Now, granted... App State really isn't your everyday G5 school. No, but North Carolina should be better, and they should be embarrassed about giving up 40 points in the fourth quarter. Get rid of Mac, to App dude. State. Get rid of Mac. Do yourself a favor and just get rid of them. But they don't. They kind of worship him here. No, they, they really do. Recruiting classes. They really do, and as they should. He was great. He was great for a, for a yeah, large years part ago. of their football history. He is a huge, huge part of it, and he should be commended for it. But he's done. He's done. It's tired. Go get somebody young, like a like a Larry Fedora. <laughs> Maybe promote that up and comer Gene Chizik and see what he can do. Uh, all right, let's move to the other side of the triangle. You've got NC State and ECU getting in another rock fight on the other side of the state. 
ECU missing a, uh, what was it, an extra point and a field goal? And a field goal. This one actually is more embarrassing. For who? North Carolina State. I think it's embarrassing for both, but it's definitely embarrassing for North this, Carolina State. I, North Carolina State should be more embarrassed than North Carolina is. Yes. North Carolina at least sort of had a wacky fourth quarter and things got away from them and it got hectic. North Carolina State, NC State, by all intents and purposes, as the, you know, we're contenders this year, our defense is so good, and uh, we're going to win the ACC. Right. They should have lost this game. They should have lost to ECU on the opening weekend. NC State did not score a point in the second half. You want to talk about a contender? You want to talk about being there, being that team? Their coach got on the hot mic this week and said that they were not prepared because they were they they practiced too scared this year and didn't want anybody get to get hurt preseason. So they this team that's supposed to be great at tackling went out and didn't play well on defense because they played soft in practice. Well, and that's another thing too, and that's another angle to take with this is remember last year at the end of the season they finished the year with four starters on defense that started the year. So I understand that to a point, but that is a that is a May problem. That is a July problem that gets sorted out. That cannot be a late August, early September problem. Again, NC State did not score a point in the second half. If it weren't for the ineptitude of ECU's kicker, I don't know his name, I don't even need to say it because he's just some 18 to 20-year-old kicker that is just trying to get an education at ECU. I'm not even here to blast him, but if it weren't for his lack of clutch skill, NC State's 0-1 and they're unranked. After everything that I've heard this offseason about how they are the team to watch. You you hear, and they should be 0-1. You heard people in the offseason talking so much about how great Devin Leary is. Devin Leary's so great. Devin Leary is a dark horse for the Heisman. He should have you heard a caller say on a radio show that he should have been an All-American. Yeah, they were pissed that he didn't that he wasn't he, first he or was second team snubbed. All-American. You want to talk about snubbed? How about him snubbing himself 17 for 33? For barely scraping over 200 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Terrible. Can't get the ball going on the ground. 14 carries for 79 yards. I mean, it's just, it, it was just bad. Hold nailers through two picks in a game that you should have dominated, and you won by one because of an inept kicker. It's just embarrassing. The triangle should just be embarrassed this week, except Duke. <laughs> Duke took care of business. Except Duke. Duke can Wake, put points on the board. Who did Wake play? Uh, Wake, played, uh, Wake beat the crap out of... Sam Hartman's back, too, so... Uh, yeah. A lot more life in that program as yes. well, too, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Uh, Wake won 44-10 over VMI. Uh, it, it, was, it was a fine, uh, sound beating. Also, I will say this because I'm, I'm, I'm really picking on NC State today, but it is kind of cool for an area to have games like that. You don't see that, at least in the state of Alabama, no. where where Alabama will play any team other than Auburn in the state. Auburn doesn't play Troy, anything anything of that sort. Um, so it is kind of cool to have those little regional rivalries. Oh, that's and awesome. They're, they're, they're yeah. not played. They're, they're played at ECU at, you know, in Boone for half state. Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. And it, it was probably a fun weekend for the people here. But we were in Tuscaloosa, very far away from that uh, lackluster showing of football from all fronts as far as the... Yep. What's supposed to be the big guys here? Absolutely. Uh, some other things I want to bring up just right quick. Delaware beat Navy 14-7. to Just thought it should be brought up. Uh, UCLA beat Bowling Green State. Uh, here's the thing about that. 
UCLA had like 20 people in attendance of that game. This yeah. is a program that's supposed to be pretty decent this year, right? They've been better than they were. They've, they've had better seasons just, than when I was in college. They're always going to be little brother. I, I just uh, Speaking of which, USC's back. I'm looking pretty good right now. I'm looking pretty good. I said fade Utah, go with USC if you're going to the Pac-12. So now let's talk about Utah. Uh, USC won like 66 to 10, I think was the final 66, 14. Let's move on to Utah, Florida. One of the best games, if not the best game this weekend. Yeah. Really, really cool game. Really Um, great game. Um, Anthony Richardson played great. Um, Cam rising played great for Utah. Uh, Utah, Utah's running back. What's his name? Uh, Tavian Thomas played great. 23 carries, 115 yards and a touch. Um, Cam Rising did have a pick, but you're playing in the swamp. That's to be expected. It looked like Utah was driving down the field to win it. Threw a pick with about 20 seconds left at the 4, 5, 6. A lot of people coming in with the hot take of, you're in field goal range. Why are you throwing the ball there? That's their offense. That's their offense. And you can't run the ball with 22 seconds left and no timeouts. No, you got to take you can't, shot at the end zone. You to cannot win. depend on a college kicker to make a chip shot field goal in the swamp in a game like that. You have a quarterback that you are throwing a preseason Heisman campaign for and Cam Ryan calling him a dark horse, and he's got the chance to go win the game in the swamp. Yep. It's not a dumb to see through a pick. and No. You know. And then on the other side of the ball, Anthony Richardson, like I said, plays a heck of a game. He has 11 carries for over 100 yards and three touchdowns. He had an insane jump pump fake pirouette out of a tackle to then find a guy in the back of the end zone. Yes. Um, he was everything the Gators needed to be. Now, do I think that that is going to replicate itself every single week? No, I don't think Florida can give up 446 yards week in and week out and expect to go undefeated, especially against a team like Georgia. But I do think the cocktail party is going to be a lot more fun now than I did two weeks ago. Yeah, Florida's going to, I think they've got moved to what we said, 11 in the AP poll? Uh, 12, I think. 12, yeah. they're, they're top 15 now. You know, they're, they're going to be talked about now as we go into contenders in the East. It's funny how the two, if he doesn't throw the pick there, the outlook on these two programs is completely different. Vastly different. You know, Utah is now, they won a game at night in the Swamp, and they're, you know, top yeah. four playoff contender. It's And now the script is flipped. Uh, I think if Anthony Richardson, outside of the Georgia game, keeps doing what he does with those numbers and the eye test, of those highlights, um, he's within a couple weeks going to be in the top five betting odds for the Heisman. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, you've got uh, Arkansas and Cincinnati played a whale of a game. Arkansas scraped by. I thought Arkansas was going to win this one. I a did too. Better. I was surprised at how close that game ended up being. Um, maybe we I gonna... didn't believe enough in Cincinnati. Maybe I believe too much in Arkansas, or probably somewhere in the middle. I, I think it's a combination of those two things, and I think it's preseason jitters, week one jitters, because uh, Arkansas did kind of settle in and really start to lay the football foundation that they wanted to in the second half, I'd say. Um, we already talked about Georgia, Oregon. Let's go Notre Dame, Ohio State. That game, again, I think this is a game where people are overreacting a little bit to week one. Um, you know, if it, I, I think if you told any Ohio State fan in the country, hey, Notre Dame's going to score 10 points in this game. Uh, I think Josh Pate was saying something similar to this earlier this week. Um, you know, I, I think everybody and their mom would take that, right? Yes. You mean, oh, they they came into the shoe and scored 10? Yeah, we'll we'll handle that all day, every day. I think they were a little shocked by their offense, which 
once it realized and remembered it could run the ball, had no issue scoring on Notre Dame. It's funny. It's it's the amount of pressure that Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia have where um, you can beat the number five team by double digits and all anybody wants to talk about is how you started off slow. And I said that. I mean, I said that last yes. week is that Ohio State more traditionally starts slower in the year and they start to sort of steamroll more by November. But they beat the number five team in the country by double digits and... All anybody wants to talk about is the fact that they didn't score 40. Yeah, right, right. Um, We're going to save the Alabama game for the end of the week uh, discussion. Let's move to Sunday, Florida State at LSU. Uh, It's a neutral site game, but let's face it, it's a home game for LSU. Florida State coming out on top after a blocked extra point. This was the football game, the college football game. This is the quintessential college football game. Oh, see, just I see that messy. as Florida. I, I see that as Florida, Utah. The, I mean, just like as far as like ineptitude and bone scratching things that happen and just off the wall craziness and what the hell did I just watch? Yeah. That we were talking about at the top of this podcast where the NFL doesn't do that. No. You don't see games like that in the NFL. No, this you don't. was the college football game. You don't. There's things that happen in that game that are inexcusable to me they're inexcusable but to somebody that's unattached to the game silly and fun and yes ha 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 look at these two teams with their yes. bumbling coaches that can't get their feet under them and and I, a lot of people this is why they don't like college i have friends that go i don't understand how you watch college football. it's clearly just amateurs yeah but that's what i love it's about glorious it. uh Keyshawn butte had a absent night at best when he was targeted he was not catching the ball People were talking about, well, why is Jaden Daniels not throwing the ball more? By the way, Jaden Daniels, terrible game. Had a terrible game. Yeah. But he did throw a couple dots, and a couple of them were to Keyshawn Butte, or at least in his direction, and they just didn't get caught. Or even looked at. Or even looked at. There's one ball as he's crossing the goal line that hit him in the chest, and it, he didn't even look. It was worse than a bad game for uh, Butte because... It wasn't just that he wasn't catching the ball. I mean, he had horrible, horrible body language. And yes. there's now rumors of a screaming match with Brian Kelly after the game. And he's deleted, scrubbed his Instagram of all LSU-related things. And people are making stories that he's going to be in the transfer portal soon. That hasn't happened yet. But I, I don't see that happening. I think that's an overreaction to... I think it's more. I think it's more possible that he opts out. Yes. And just gets ready for the draft. Because more games like that, and he's not even a third-rounder. No. Uh, that game might have. I I don't think he can. Opt he cost out. himself a ton of money on Sunday. I, I a ton of money. I He's not a first not, rounder anymore. I do not think that he can. He has the luxury of opting out. I think he has to go somewhere like a Utah, like a USC, like a Washington. I just named three Pac-12 programs. You see what I mean, though? Yeah, like but, he has to go to a a Michigan State even. Then he cost himself a year of his life. Right. That's the other thing he did because he... And when you're a wide receiver trying to go to the NFL, that is a massive amount of time. That's like dog years. Because I, I, I know Boutte's, in his mind, this was his last year. He's going to do well at LSU. He's going to be a first-round pick. And a lot of mock drafts have him in the first round for that reason. But he, he either leaves. And in Utah, USC, they're not going to bring him in and put him in the game plan this early. And it's not no. this late no. in the process. It's not happening. So he either leaves and... Yes, goes and stays another year in college, or he puts his head on straight and I just looks for the ball at LSU. I, I think there's, I think there's a overreaction to his social media. I think we've started doing this thing where we stalk social media platforms and 
things that you do in the moment reflect badly and then rumors start yeah obviously he's upset LSU just lost a massive game and that's not what LSU does massive games LSU wins or if they lose they get they were just beat no one deserved to win that Florida State LSU game Florida State inexcusable turnover at the goal line Yes, that no. cannot happen. A thousand percent agree with that. What I don't, what I'm saying, what I don't agree with is, is that we're over- overreacting to what he did on social media. Because we saw his body language the entire game, we saw the effort he was putting up, and this isn't just tweeting something like, "I hate it here," and then quickly deleting it off in, on Twitter. This is he's sitting on the bus ride home. He's on the way home with the team within hours after the game, and he's. Getting rid of everything that that ties that him to that true. university. I, I think if I think if something was going to happen like that, we would have already seen it this week. Imagine Jalen Milrow gets rid of everything Alabama because people are giving him, you know, or like a Jai Hall, right? Yeah, I mean, we broke down his and uh, social media last year a lot. Uh, yeah, but you're right about that. Yeah, Florida State didn't deserve to win. Mike Norvell made some of my least favorite decisions I've seen a coach making live in a game in a long time. A toss sweep at the two-yard line. That's not even the decision I'm talking about. That's the one that that baffled me the most. Um, I was talking to my mom about this today on the phone because you know how you talk to your mom about college football. They were at that game, my mom and my dad. Sure, go Knowles. That one, yes, it's a little dumb. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I if I were a play caller, I'm not going to – yes, he should have handed it off. It's technically safer. But I'm not going to be afraid of – my play call because I can't trust my quarterback and running back to get the ball to each other on a toss. That's stupid. I don't like the play call because it doesn't make sense. Not kicking the two field goals in the first half that would have given you points and going forward on fourth and goal and not even fourth and goal. One of was fourth and two from like the six. You only need a first down and you threw a fade to the end zone to a not even tall yes, receiver. That was receiver awful. That, that was, was awful. The toss sweep I don't like because there's you need to minimize risk it is unnecessary risk yes and you did the exact opposite that's clearly something that they're not comfortable running okay neither quarterback nor running back because i I rewound it during the commercial break and i was like okay whose fault was that Mm -hmm. neither of them looked like they had any idea what they were doing running that play and i don't know if it was just usually they run it in more space they're not that close yes, to the goal line the or goal what because they had run that play earlier in the game multiple times if you kick a field goal there game's over all you need run is it goal. run it right at the center's backside take three kneels and kick the field goal right then they waste their timeouts and they have to score 10 points no timeouts under a minute left yeah no it's just it was a bonehead decision it was a great game uh i'm really glad your mom and dad got to see it they did and they were right in the end zone when uh at the, at the end of that game that's awesome and that's fantastic uh you know it's not fantastic and something that I'm actually sad about a little bit. Because we had a great nickname for this kid coming into college football season, his freshman year, last year. Football Thanos. Oh, DJ, DJ Uyunglele. Is he okay? He's Look, okay. Yes. Clemson beat Georgia Tech 41-10. I know that we just said Ohio State started slow. We shouldn't overreact to that. They won by however many scores. Same, the number five same thing with Texas A&M. Georgia Tech is legitimately, possibly, other than Duke, the worst team in the ACC. And you not only did you struggle, Georgia Tech left a lot of points on the board. Yes. There was a minute and a half left in the first half, and they'd never called a timeout. There were multiple instances where Georgia Tech decided to run the ball on second and long, 
third and long, uh, just completely boneheaded mistakes. And yet they're still in the game with a fighting chance until the fourth quarter. And it's not like DJ played great to really put Clemson in position. He can run the ball, and he's got great downfield vision. And Clemson's defense this year, buddy, my word, they're good. Very good. They are very good. I don't know if DJ is the answer. No, I mean, if they, and I if, think the freshman needs no. to get ready. If, if as a contender, he's not the guy to get you there. I, Kelly Bryant was ever going to win a title at Clemson, and, and this is the same thing with DJ. Unfortunately, DJ was just, you know, the five star, arguably between him and Bryce Young, the number one quarterback in his recruiting class, and he's still having to live with the pressure that comes with that. But he just has not been that guy. He looks lost. He makes bad decisions. He airmails passes and he leaves passes short he's he's inaccurate as often he he'll make he'll wow you with a throw once every three or four yeah times. he had some throws the other night that i was impressed with. but he's not consistent he no doesn't look like he has command of what they need to do he doesn't look like they have an identity when he's under center and yeah he's he, he's just sort of a dead man walking there i think i think they make the switch and i wouldn't be surprised i'm not going to say it's going to be like this but i wouldn't be shocked he's only a sophomore if they make the switch and he he does the old Kelly Bryant transfers in the middle of the season. Yeah, I could see I that. I don't think he'll do that just because he's not. The reason Kelly Bryant transferred was because he was a graduate senior and that was before the transfer portal. But, yep. um, yep. I think Kate Ludnick uh, looked And then he came in and he scored yeah. the last touchdown and he looked sharp. He, again, I know it was against a lot of garbage time players, but that switch will happen as soon as, as soon as, that decision needs to be made as soon as it looks rough, as soon as it looks like a game is in doubt. Davo's going to have to make that decision, and he will. Uh, let's move on to the Bama game. Not a whole ton to break down here. Not a lot to talk about. Bryce Young had 100 yards rushing. Super fun to watch him play. He had six touchdowns. That's incredible. Um, five of them through the air. He had two to Treshawn Holden. He had two to Burton. Um and then his other passing touchdown was to... Yeah, two to McClellan, two to Burton. Excuse me. It was two to McClellan. One, no. Milrow no, had no, one no. to McClellan. Yes. He had one to McClellan, two to Burton, two to Treshawn. Yes. There we go. We said uh, we said multiple times throughout the day, we thought Treshawn Holden was going to be the leading receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we said that. He looked great. Bama looked good. Bama's defense looked to be expected. There was a lot of quick outs for Utah State. They very obviously didn't want Dallas Turner and Bryce Young getting a lot of opportunities to hit them. Yeah, uh, probably a good call based on the one play where Bryce or where uh, Will Anderson did hit somebody one second after the ball was snapped. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, um, no, it was a tra- <laughs> it's a traditional Alabama opener. They even do this when they play teams that aren't um, Utah State, but they have a game plan that gets everybody involved in some way. Everybody gets a target. Um, they they try to shake the rust off a lot of people. They once the bullets are live. I love how Alabama does that. Every running back got meaningful snaps. Every receiver got balls. Kobe Prentice got balls. Um, Jacory Brooks was really the only one that didn't get as involved as I thought he'd be. He had some targets, yes. but they just didn't land. They didn't land. Um, not that he won't. Not that he's not a part of the game plan. Yep. Uh, the top four teams: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson. Um, and I'll even put Texas A and M into that category. All the defenses looked really good. Yes. It's going to be a highly defensive season. Defense is going to win this year's title, I think. Yes. Alabama's defense looked incredible. Yes. 
I hope you're right because out of those four defenses, I'm taking Alabama. Alabama had the best look, but I know they played Utah State. Here's the other thing. Utah State did win their conference last year. They're not No, Notre and it's, Dame. it's not. Yeah, right. They're, but this is that they didn't play Jacksonville State on Saturday. They played a good G5 team, a conference-winning G5 team, with an all-conference quarterback, and they looked really good doing it. And they looked really good doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I'd say, sure, Bryce Young maybe didn't pass as much as we'd want him to. There wasn't a whole lot of downfield shots taken. They didn't take any. Jalen Milrow looked pretty good. Um there's just not a lot to really break down from a game where the opposing team doesn't cross the 50 but once the entire game. Yes. Uh, Utah State's largest pass play was the first play of the game. It went 13 yards. They didn't have another completion over nine yards the entire game. Um, it was one of those where, to be quite frank with you, it hits the end of the third quarter. Everybody's pretty bored. Players are bored. Coaches are bored. Fans are bored. Everybody's ready to You're go. You're waiting on Dixieland Delight. Yes, sir. Uh, and... Yeah, it was, it was a good game. I'm excited to see what Alabama does next week. He said, transitioning flawlessly on this college football podcast they've been doing for eight years. <laughs> next week, you have Louisville at UCF kicking us off on Friday, buddy. Give me Louisville. I'm taking UCF. Nah, give me Louisville. Louisville's bad this year. Uh, and then let's go right into Saturday, man. First up on the docket. Bama big at noon, big noon Texas. Alabama finally gets a big noon kickoff. Finally. Maybe. Notable Big 12 champion Alabama getting a big noon Saturday. Look, this is going to be a weird game. I'm going to go ahead and call this right now. I do think Alabama is going to win. I do not think Alabama is going to cover. I do not think that Alabama is going to look bad when they don't cover. I see this being a lot like Ole Miss last year. I see this being a lot like uh, games in years past where Bama goes up 28, you know, you blink and they're up 28-3, and then it's 28-10, and then it's 28-17, and then it's 35-17, and then the final's 35-21. Okay. 35-24, whatever. What's the line? 20. I see them just barely cut. I see them winning by 24 to 28. I just it, it's a it's such a weird game and we were talking about it in the car on the way back this week. And I think what I'm seeing and what's making me a little not nervous but just uneasy about this game is there's so many question marks for Texas. We don't really know how Quinn Ewers is. He had it was 16 for 24 for 225, two touchdowns and a pick last week. The pick he threw by the way, awful. Awful pick. They were playing ULM. They beat the daylights out of ULM. Bama beat the daylights out of Utah State. Neither game really gives you an edge to say, hey, this is the team that is very obviously going to win this game, right? I just don't see that. It's the it's the uncertainties for me that make me trust Alabama that much more. And the question marks for Texas that make me trust Alabama that much more. I want to be very clear. Mm-hmm. I don't think Alabama's losing this game. No, I, I don't I, think I know they're coming that. close to losing this game. I know you're game. saying that. But it's just the fact that I don't think it's going to be the line them up, set them down that we're used to with Alabama games. It's so weird. It's also at noon. And I, I'm really tired of people not paying attention to time of day when a college team plays a game. That is a massive adjustment. That's a huge adjustment, especially early in the season, because you're used to a certain schedule leading up to a game or mm-hmm. a practice. In this case, right? Especially in the season, it's practices. You get a Saturday morning noon kick in a place like Austin where it's going to be 
pretty hot. Now that's not really anything different than they're used to in Tuscaloosa, but it's just, there's so many factors like that. The weather, uh, the time of day, the fact that you've got Quinn Ewers who has all this press around him and he transferred from Ohio state. Now he's in Texas and Texas loves him. Texas is this big, bad thing that Bama's only beaten once ever. There's a lot of stuff like that. That's just, it shouldn't matter. And it doesn't matter. And the X factor to me right here, B. John Robinson. I don't think he's really going to do great against Alabama's front seven. I won't be surprised if he's running near 150, 160 yards next week. I would be shocked if he was. I would be shocked if he touched um, uh, so you more think, than 150. you think Bama's game plan is to shut down Bijan and make... And force whoever Terion Arnold is covering to beat you. And Quinn Ewers having to stare down... Or Kyrie Jackson. he's never seen before. Or Kyrie Jackson. Because, by the way, that was my favorite play of the game from last week. Thank yes. you for asking. But whoever whoever is lined up against the youngest corner that's out there is who they're going to try to pick on. That was the only success that Utah State had is when they went after. Uh, because Quinn Ewers has never faced anything like Alabama's defense right now. This is his first real game. 100,000 capacity. Um, they're all going to be yelling. They're all going to be hollering. Actually, just saw 77 degrees. 77 degrees. Nice game. It's not going to be a bad game. He shouldn't be a factor. Maybe we get plane tickets and we go down there and just see what happens. Um, <laughs> I looked into that and, and couldn't couldn't yeah, make no, that that's happen. A, that's uh, a, a week pipe before dream. We go to the uh, four days before we go into the match. The the FPI the matchup predictor uh, gives Bama an 82 percent chance of winning the game. Um, I, I think that's about right. Um. Again, the spread's 20. I think that's a bit high. I think it's going to be more like 17 to 14. Um, but I don't think that's going to be because the game's particularly close. I think it's a backdoor cover by Texas. Um, if you were to bet either the spread or the over-under at 65, what bet would you take and why? I'd take the spread. Explain. I don't... I would... I don't know how many points Texas is going to be able to put up. I don't see. I don't. I mean, Quinn Ewers could come out and he could go crazy. I mean, we've seen that happen in the past, and he is very talented. He was the number one quarterback in his class for a reason. But this is his first real game. Yep. And it's against the Alabama's front seven and this defense. Texas wins this game if they find the right corners to pick on, and not not the right safeties. Cause the Alabama safeties are really strong. But if if Xavier Worthy, who I think is the most important player on their team this weekend, if Xavier Worthy can find the right holes and pockets to pick on what is still a court. It's very talented quarterbacks. They're kind of coming together. The they're starters raw. aren't set. They're raw. Yeah, they're raw. Kyrie Jackson's very good. He was the number one Juco when Alabama got him. Now Eli Ricks is the number one Juco when they got him. Uh, we know that Kool-Aid is really good. We know that Terry and Arnold's really good, but they're not, they're not bona fide stars yet. Xavier Worthy is a very good receiver and he is the one that needs to take the uh, Texas to, at least 14 of their points. Yes. Bijan will have some good runs because he's that talented, but yes. I, I don't see him going 150, 160. Um, see, I could see that. I want to talk about four more games. If we're done with Alabama. Yeah, I can say we're done. What's your score prediction? Let's go there first. Um, I would say probably something to the tune of 38, 14. Okay. I was going to go, I was going to go 41, 20. I'm going to go 41-24. Again, I don't think they're covering, but I think it's going to be a backdoor cover by Texas. I think 41-20 does cover. Um, yeah, 41-24 is what I'll go with. Um, moving on, I want to talk about two more games that start at 
App State at Texas A&M. Now, I don't think Chase Bryce is marching into Kyle Field and winning. I will be shocked if App State doesn't at least keep it close for a majority of this game. Yeah, line's 18, and I, I almost want to take App State in that game as far as covering goes. Um, this needs to be the Texas A&M wake-up game. If you are Texas A&M and you don't beat App State by a few scores this weekend, it's time to hover that finger over the, the panic button, I think. I would say 24 or more. App State's pretty good. They're pretty good, but A&M is talking national title this year. They're talking being knocking BM off, winning the West. App State's talking, hey, well, let's try to beat UNC and maybe give A&M a run for their money. A&M's talking natty. They're talking number one recruiting class ever. They're talking the beginning of the next juggernaut in the SEC. I just, I, I could see this being a game where App State's coming off of emotional hangover against UNC and comes in sleepy and gets schlacked. That's the that's the big thing. That's that's the thing that will keep me from betting on this game is what App State just went through. If you're in College Station and you would like two tickets are as low as $13 right now, which is embarrassing. Uh, the next well, game I want to talk to. I Alabama's were as low as 15 to the Texas game. Texas. I was shocked when I saw Texas, that. get it together. What are you doing? I don't know that this is right because I looked at the ticket there's prices no the other day. Right? There there's just, there's no way. All right, look. All right. We're gonna we're gonna go on a little detour here. Hold on, let me look. We're on vividseats.com. Oh, that's okay. where we bought our tickets. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely they're thirteen dollars, right? But it is you are touching the top of the stadium, Kyle Field. Uh, okay, uh, next game I want to talk about Pitt hosts Tennessee at Acresher Stadium. We saw a lot from Pitt last week. I don't know if it was all good. We saw a lot from Pitt last week. Um, we saw a lot from Tennessee against an eh, eh, bad Ball State team. Let's say bad. Let's yeah, go with State. bad. They're bad. Um, now, granted, Tennessee handled them. We're up by like 34 at the end of the first half, I think. Um, you know, a lot of people are looking at Hendon Hooker to be that guy this year. Um, Keaton Slovis, nothing to turn your nose up at. What is your prediction for this game? What do you think the final score is? Right now, the spread is Tennessee six and a half. Do you yeah, like so that? I was just about to ask you the spread. I, I actually like, I think that spread's right about where it would be. I've seen a lot of people that think Tennessee will win this game big, um, just based on what we saw the last week. I, I see this being a really close I see this being a really good game. I see it being a good game, too. I think too. it's one of the better games of the weekend. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. One of the better games so far this season. Yep, it's a fairly quiet weekend. I, I agree with that. I think it's going to be one of the better games. Uh, I, I could see, I, I think this is, I, I kind of agree with the consensus here. I think Tennessee's going to win this one by about 10 to 14. Um, I, I think Hendon Hooker, this is just, look, man, what everybody's been saying, this is the Vols year, you know? I'm not there yet. This is the Vols year. I'm not there. I'm not doing a victory dance no, after a ball state no. win. No, no. Just like 2016, man, when it was the Vols year. You remember 2016 when they beat... Uh, well, Virginia what about Tech? 2012 when they beat... Uh, I'm doing a bit right now. I know you are. One time they... Um, Every year is their year. Yeah, one time they beat Virginia Tech in a, in a NASCAR. Isn't that arena. cool? Wasn't that so neat? Wasn't that awesome? Um, there was that one time they almost beat Oklahoma that one time. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, that was a fun game. Wasn't that so much fun? No, I, I, I really do think this is going to be a Tennessee win. I think um, Pitt's coming off of last week, and that was that was awesome, don't get me wrong, but I just think they were a little bit more focused for that week than they are this week. This game maybe not as big for them. Um, 
if Pitt can jump out and get up early, I think they've got a good shot. But I just don't see that happening. This Tennessee front seven is actually pretty dang good. Um, and I think Hendon Hooker's a, a, a decently fine quarterback. On the other hand, I like the Pitt's battle test, and I like they have a long week to prepare. And I like that they're at home. So I like I like Pitt in this one. I'm not going to lie. Straight up? Yeah. I like that. I like, I like Pitt to win this game. I don't agree with you, but I hope you're right. I do too. Uh, we're going to move on to the evening games. Again, kind of a sleepy week for college football. Remember, we did five days straight of this. Arizona State is putting Oklahoma State on upset alert. I'm putting that out there right now. Yeah, I like the forks in that one, uh, running away with it. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, the last game I want to talk about for this week, Baylor at BYU. Baylor coming in as the number nine team in the country, defending Big 12 champion, going to BYU. That is a 10-15 kickoff. I really like BYU in this game. I don't. I will admit I don't know a ton about BYU's team this year. They are three and a half point favorites. I just think like Baylor lost quite a bit from last season, if I remember correctly. They did, um, I, and I know BYU's quarterback has been mentioned as far as like pro, pro prospects. Yes. Um, yeah, Jaron Hall. Hall. Jaron Hall, Hall. yeah. I know I've seen his name pop up, so I know he's supposed to be good. That's about as far as I can get with BYU this year. Um, I I think this is going to be a great game. I look forward to getting home from work and watching this one. Yeah, we will get to watch this game. We will. We absolutely will. Um, Buddy, is there anything from this week we missed? What did we miss? (laughs) Is this a bit where we put... This is a new segment where we just ask me at the end and have me rack my brain and stress out. Yeah, no. What did we miss? What did we not do? Uh, this is like the end of what is it PTI or they or around the horn? What do we, what do we get wrong? What do we get wrong? Um, let me double check the schedule again. It's a sleepy week. It's a sleepy week. You're gonna want to watch. You're gonna wanna, all right. Get up. Get your game day on. Watch a little Bama Texas at noon. You're gonna want to watch. Maybe flip over to Wake Forest at Vanderbilt. Good news. Sam Hartman's back by the way. Go Deeks. Uh, how do you feel about South Carolina Arkansas? I mean that's the SEC opener. I think Arkansas is going to wake up and beat the daylights out of them. Hmm. I see that being a little bit closer. I don't know what the spread is. Spencer Rattler is in the DJ Uyunglele oh no zone That's of, true. hey, buddy, it's time to start spinning the wheels. Okay? I just like the Beamer Ball there. Beamer Ball is fun there, man. It really is. Uh, North Carolina at Georgia State and Turner Field. That's going to be hilarious. I will be watch. I will tune into the stats of the Clemson game. To see the splits with the quarterbacks, and more importantly, when they're playing. Because they play Furman, and they're going to obviously beat Furman by a healthy 40 or more. Here's one we missed. Probably the first... No, I don't know why I said probably. The first really big SEC East matchup of the year. Kentucky, Kentucky at Florida. Florida. Yeah. I don't know if Kentucky can get it done at the Swamp. I, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is going to play as well as he did last week. And I think that's going to be a pretty close game. That's the 7 o'clock kick if you need something to hold you over from the... Uh, Tennessee Pitt game from the App State A&M game. If that one ends up being close, if you need something to uh, wet your whistle a little bit before the BYU game that starts at ten fifteen, I'd go to that seven o'clock game that's on ESPN. That's Kentucky, Florida. The line right now is uh, Florida by five. I do not like that. I would say Florida covers that. I, yes, sorry. Yeah, I'm I should have said I don't like that because I think Florida's probably going to win by closer to 10 or so. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be a really fun game. 
the over-unders at 52.5. They're expecting a defensive matchup. It's an 85% uh, or an 85 degrees in the swamp. It's just going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting game. The swamp was very loud last week. Yeah. I, I expected to be. made me look like a fool. Even though I picked him to win, um, you know, I, I think I said on last week or maybe the uh, week before his podcast that I didn't love their hire, Billy Napier. I didn't feel like he was big enough of a, of a splash. Dude. And here I am, and I'm, now I'm looking at this actual splash hire of Brian Kelly, and that looks like a failed experiment from week one on. That looks like a big swing and a miss. When everybody's out saying they should have gotten Billy Napier. Brian Kelly, by the way, got told in a press conference, he asked a reporter tonight, because they showed up late, when are you going to start showing up on time? And the reporter said, when you start winning games. That's incredible. That doesn't happen in Alabama. No. Uh... I don't think there's anything we really miss. Gardner Webb at Coastal could be fun. He said facetiously. Um, no, it's good. It's going to be a great week. Look, it, it's going to be a fun week. You've got plenty of games at time slots that you can watch. Nothing really groundbreaking happening. Probably. You just listen to everybody that's going to win and lose. We just told you. Yes, yeah, so you don't even need to watch. And we're never even wrong. Um, Bills Rams Thursday. Bills Bills. Bills by Bills by ten, Bills by ten, and it's not close. Dolphins Patriots. Dolphins by three. I like that. Dolphins game winning drive from two down to the two. Dolphins by seven but for yes. a, for a chip shot field goal. Where is that game set in Hard Rock? Yeah. Dolphins by six. Coral Gables, I guess we should say. It's in Coral Gables. Coral Gables. Yeah, you don't want to be associated with Miami. Uh, yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great week, man. I'm looking forward to another weekend of. Uh, of baseball and college football next week we'll be in iceland this time yeah i guess don't be looking for a podcast yeah probably not gonna saying. pod next week i'm not going to set aside a time in iceland to do a podcast no be completely no honest. not at all we might do one monday night before we leave on tuesday that we could do we'll if, see if the if the stars we'll hey look look if we decide to do a podcast great if not we'll talk to you when we talk to you don't worry about see it in valhalla we got you baby we'll see you in your valhalla Have a good one. Thanks for listening. I'm Patrick Norwood. He's Patrick Bigman. Love you. Bye-bye.